0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. This is my last week of seven weeks of camp this summer, and it it is actually sad, like thinking about it, going back home and everything. I love going back home. I love all that stuff, but it's kind of, it's always a sad time when you end camp, and some of you guys... uh, May have been at multiple weeks this summer. This is probably the last week you're going to be here. Maybe you're coming next week. I'm not sure what next week entails because I won't be here. But we've had a lot of fun, and I've seen you guys having a lot of fun, and I've gotten to hear some of your stories uh, one on one, just kind of a little bit about your life and stuff. And so it's it's been really, really cool getting to know you. And thank you. Some of you guys have shared some really deep stuff with me, and so thank you for trusting me with that. And um, you know, because I know it's it's hard to talk about some of that kind of stuff. So. We're going to finish up Isaiah, not the whole book, not even the whole chapter, just the four verses we were looking at this week. We talked about how God is sovereign so he can do anything, that we're in captivity to sin and he desires to set us free, that he wants to comfort us even in the worst situations when we're mourning. And tonight we're talking about something called the display of his splendor. And you might think this is it right here. This is the display of God's splendor. This is actually the display of God's love. This is actually what he chose to do, just like Sparrow just said, to show us how much he loved us. He just kind of opened his arms. It's that, it's that gesture that you have to a kid. Uh, we, we know some people in our church who recently adopted a Down syndrome girl from China. And a really awesome story with this girl. They went over there to get her, and the entire orphanage, there was like 400 Down syndrome kids there. And it was because they had a one-child policy in and. and china for a long time you could only have one child otherwise you had a mandatory abortion and uh, they relaxed that to two children now you're allowed to have two children and so a lot of these ladies who are in their 40s and their 50s were having children now trying to have children um, to have that second child and when they found out that it was down syndrome they would just leave it on the steps of an orphanage so the whole orphanage is full of these precious kids and this little girl's name's Adeline, the cutest girl you'll ever see in your life probably. All right, I know we all have our own opinions, but she's so cute. Anyways, I, just one Sunday, she doesn't know me from anybody. I, I just, I saw her from across the room. She just looked like, you know, she, you know, would probably hug somebody. And I just went like this. Like normally I just wave at kids or like, hey, you try to get the kids' smile back. But the smile she gave me when I went like this was like so cute that I was just like, like, not thinking she, I just thought she would like reach for me with her parents. And she like begged to get down. Her mom just like sat her down while she's talking. And she ran across the entire sanctuary to get to me. So by the time she gets to me, of course, I'm, I'm a giant. So I have to like get on my knees real quick. And she just embraced me like I was her own dad or something. Like, I mean, this, the love that she had was so cool. This is what Jesus is doing here. It's not just being nailed to a cross, it's this symbol of you can come to me. Anybody. Can come to me, and it's not the display of his splendor, but it is the display of his love. In Isaiah 61, we're gonna look at the second half of verse 3 and then the and then verse 4. We had already talked about how the God, God knew who he was, Jesus knew exactly who he was, he knew what he was doing. The you are here sign right on the the mall map, he knew what he was here to do. All of this stuff we've read about, he wants to give freedom to the captives and comfort for the mourning. That's all the stuff Jesus knew. What he was going to do. And here we've got these couple verses where he talks about who we are. He knew who, who we were and he knew who we are and who we're supposed to be. And so here's what he says. They, and who is they? That's the people that would believe on him. That's us if you've given your life to Jesus. It's you even if you haven't done that yet and you might do that one day. He's talking about you. He said, they will be called oaks of righteousness. Those big trees, not not a soft wood like pine or something that just breaks off in the storm, but like this huge, humongous tree, this oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. When you plant stuff, you actually get your hands dirty. When you plant something yourself, not when you hire a landscaper to do it, when you plant something, and I used to work at a greenhouse, and we would take pots and put them into bigger pots We'll take the plant out and put it in a bigger pot when it's out growing it and so forth. You get your hands dirty. And if you planted it in the yard, you get your hands dirty again. You dig and you dig this hole and you get the the root ball of the of the plant right in there, and you start to put in all the topsoil, and you even break some of the roots apart so that they won't be root-bound anymore. And your hands, you get, unless you're wearing gardening gloves, which they didn't do back then when they wrote this, no one, oh, let me give me gardening gloves. Nobody did that. They're just like, oh, we are men, and we are women, or whatever. But they were plant stuff, right? And you get stuff all over your hands, and he's saying that you are something that God doesn't mind getting his hands dirty with. The very act of creation shows us that everything he's speaking into existence—bird, possum, boom, boom, boom—like pointing at everything, just saying, "I want it to happen," and it happens. And then he gets down and he takes the dirt and he makes you. And you might think, "Well, that's not how—that's not how I heard that babies come into the world." I'm talking about the original humans here, okay? But it is how you go out of this world. You will at some point, unless you're cremated, and even if you're cremated, there's still all, the, all of the elements within you are the elements found in the soil. And we go back to soil again. We decompose because God was the original composer who put us together. And he got his hands dirty with the first human being. And then after that, he got his hands just probably a little bit bloody in the first surgery ever when he took a rib out of Adam's side while he was in a deep sleep. That's called anesthesia. <laughs> you know, he was out. And he pulled him out, and he, and he made something arguably better than man, woman. All right, And so she got to walk with man through this life, and, and they were like perfect companions together before they chose wrong, and then God decided to get his hands dirty again and to get them a little bloody when he came and gave his life for us on the cross. And what he does with us is not the most clean thing. It's not like, oh, good, you're almost righteous already. I'll just just dab a little bit right there. Let me take this napkin here or this handkerchief with snot attached to it. Let me just, just wipe a little bit off of here, and good, now you're exactly how I wanted you. There's some messiness To removing sin and old habits from our life. And God gets down there in the mess with us. And he helps us. We're a planting of the Lord. He gets his own hands dirty to see us grow up as tall spiritually as we possibly can be. And to just reach for the heavens. And the cool thing about trees is that if you plant a tree on the side of your house that doesn't get a lot of sun. And it's kind of near the corner. And the more sun comes, the tree will start to grow towards the sun. You guys ever noticed that before? I don't mean like towards the sun. It's 93 million miles away. and like, the tree's almost there. No, I don't mean that. But like, like towards the sunshine. It grows towards that because it wants that sunshine. It needs that sunshine. And we grow towards the son of God as well. We're that planting of the Lord. And why does he do that in us? And it says right afterwards, after who we are, oaks of righteousness of planting for the Lord. Why he does that? For the display of his splendor. Simply so that other people can look at you and see the difference God has made in your life. Like those jars I used yesterday. That second jar when we, put that, when we put that cleaned up rag in the messed up environment. It started to change the environment. I saw an illustration used one time. I've used it before too. I don't think I've ever done it here. So I'll never do it here because I'm going to ruin it right now by telling you about it. But you can respond several ways when you get into trouble in that hot water of trouble where you're just like everything is falling apart in your life and it's all ash at that point, you can respond like a carrot, all right? It could, it could, you put a carrot in, a, in boiling hot water and this carrot who at one time was just kind of strong and could face anything and now the carrot's all mushy, right? It's like life just chewed you up, spit you out, and now you're just mush, Anybody like cooked carrots more than raw carrots? Some of you do, probably. They might taste better, but you're not going to be like, "Aha! I'm going to use this carrot to do any." Like, I would throw it at somebody. You know, it's not going to do anything compared to other carrots. It'd be like, "Whoa!" Just throw it; lands right in the right spot on the snowman. You know, that'd be cool. So that's what happens when you put carrots, and people can respond that way. It can just ruin them. It can take them apart. It can just like make them mush. It's like, I don't know why all this is happening to me, because you're a carrot, all right? And then you can also, you can put eggs in there. And there's a lot of ways to cook eggs. But if you boil an egg, it gets hardened to everything. It's almost like weird looking. You cut a boiled egg, it almost looks like something somebody made, like a toy or something. Like it doesn't look real or a stress ball. Even though you can eat it, you're like, oh, I, I am eating this thing. It looks fake, have you ever noticed when you peel it, it just looks fake to me. And you cut it right in half and it's the perfect little yellow ball in the middle surrounded by the, the oval-shaped yellow. And it's all jelly-like, like a sponge. You know what I mean? just strange compared to scrambled eggs. That's what you expect them to look like. Or, or sunny side up or however you like it, over easy, whatever you happen to like doing with your eggs. But that you put some people in all of those troubles and they get hardened towards everything. They're like, you know what? I don't, I don't, lo- don't want to hear about this God stuff. Some things have happened in my life where I'm just closed off to that, and they just get hardened towards everything. But then you put coffee beans in boiling water. You grind them up, and you put them in boiling water, and you think, ah, they've been ground up. They're going to now be boiled alive, and they're going to be ruined. But what they do is they actually change the water. Nobody says, oh, this is water with coffee beans. They just call it coffee. It's no longer water anymore. It has actually changed the environment it's around, and that's what God calls us to do. When, when he walks through life with us, he helps us through those things to where it doesn't just change us for the better when we go through hard stuff, but it also changes everybody else. It changes the environment around us at the same time. So he does that so we will be a display of his splendor. Then he gives us a mission to do. So it's not just who we are and why he did it, but what did he do that for? They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated and renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Now, this was a prophecy about people who lived a long time ago, but because Jesus used this to parallel what he was doing, he's also talking about us. That we're called to rebuild, to restore, to renew, to not allow just the devastation of being on a fallen planet to have the final word on other people, but to let them know that there is hope. Jesus came to comfort us. We talked about that clothing, the crown, the oil, the garment, to clothe us, to root us, and then finally to use us to reconstruct, to see some amazing things happen in this world. Now, as a display of God's splendor, I racked my brain about what I could bring in. I knew, you know, I didn't actually know we'd have this awesome piece of artwork up here. Um, and, and I've read some of these, I read some last week. And it just broke my heart reading some of these things up here. about some, I'm not going to read through the things that you guys have written there. But just looking right now, I see some real, real ashes that you guys have been through. Some things that have just devastated your life that you're giving over to God. And I didn't know we would have this brilliant, awesome piece of artwork up here when I planned out this message. But I wanted to show you kind of a display of God's splendor. And so I thought, you know, if I could bring a couple pieces of artwork in and just narrow it down, what would really show how awesome God's miraculous splendor is? Could it be like an eagle soaring over a canyon? Could it be just like this, the majestic Rockies or even better than the Rockies, the Himalayan mountains? I've been there and then I went to the Rockies like the next year and I was like, eh, The Himalayan Mountains, like you can see glaciers between them and stuff. Like, almost like fungus between toes. That's like some ice right there coming down. Like, that's pretty cool, all right? Could it be something like that? Could it be some majestic mountains? Could it be like a really tall oak tree like we just talked about? Or, Or that creek that runs through River Valley Ranch that's just really cool to look at and serene? And you can sit on that little park bench out there and just look at it. Like, what? And we've actually taken a lot of pictures around here over the five years we've been here. Could it be one of those pictures that I could use? And I I finally settled on two works of art that I think accurately show people the display of God's splendor better than anything else I could have found. And so I'm going to hold those up in just a second. Actually, I'm going to get a couple, couple people, not volunteers. I'm just going to randomly grab some people. Um, to hold these up and kind of just show what that looks like um, in a real world right here, (laughs) okay? So how about you right here? What's your name? Huh? Jaden, come here a second, dude. All right, Jaden, I'm going to use Jaden and you right here and the pinkish, because your shirt stands out amongst all the people you're sitting around. What's your name? Natalie and Jaden. All right, so Natalie, I want you to stand right there. Jaden, right up there on the stage right there. That way they can see it. So when I give this to you, last week people held it out like this, like they were like on a game show. I just, just so we're not distracting people with ourselves, I just want you to hold it up right here. Like right in front of your face, all right? So you're just here to be the, the holders of my beautiful artwork, okay? This shows the display of God's splendor. I want you to hold that up just like that and just like that. And this is purposeful because when God made humanity, step forward just a little bit. I don't think they can see you over there. Awesome. I don't want the, the artwork hidden. When God made humans, he said he did it in his image. Not eagles, not mountains, not creeks. None of that's in God's image. I mean, it's great. It looks awesome. But it doesn't look like this. This is, this is what God considers beautiful. And in case you think I'm just looking through, looking for beautiful people to bring up here and put in frames, that's not, I could have grabbed anybody. I want you to imagine just for a second that that's you. And I want you to hold this up with confidence, all right? This is you. You're the artwork, all right? Because she's kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to accept this or not, but it's true. When God looks at you, he sees a masterpiece. How do I know that? Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his masterpieces created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do before the foundations of the world masterpieces like when a mom takes a work of art and puts it up on her refrigerator if God needed to refrigerate food in heaven and he does not you'd be on it right on that refrigerator he'd say this is, this is my boy right here this is my girl right there. that's what he would say if you've given your life to Jesus, He sees you as artwork. He sees you as perfect as you are. The only thing imperfect about you, forget what the world says, what the media says, what anybody else says, the only thing imperfect about you is sin. And that's why Jesus did this to take care of it. That's the only thing. Everything else about you, He likes. And it'd be as if I was coming into somebody else's art museum and making fun of the art that they did, I would never do that with the artist present. Even if I didn't like the art, I wouldn't do that. God takes offense to that. When we tear each other down, when we tear ourselves down, when we, when we look at ourselves and tell, and tell ourselves that we're junk and we're worthless, God takes offense to that because you are his masterpiece. He didn't make anybody else like you. It's just you. And he didn't desire to make us all look the same. You can line up a bunch of German shepherds that are all male and about the same age, and you might be able to tell some slight differences depending on what they've been through in their life. Like if one had been in a fight, and it I was ears like this or something, you could tell a difference. But by and large, you wouldn't be able to tell without collars and stuff. Or adult lions. Or female screech owls. They're going to line them all up. And unless one ate more than the other or whatever, they're all going to be pretty much the same. But not with humans. This is where God got got really creative because we're all different. Even twins are different. Even identical twins are different at the DNA level, at the fingerprints and their voice and their their retinal scans they can do with their eyes and everything. God God was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, yes, they're identical and I see where this is going and everything, but I'm going to make them still unique. And he didn't desire that his, his collection, that his art gallery would just have one painting in it over and over again, the same painting. He wanted it all different. He wanted this. This is the display of God's splendor. And if we can't understand that God values us and loves us enough to die on the cross for us, then we never truly get his love. We kind of always keep it outside of us, like, yeah, God died for the world. No, 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 no. Insert your name there. Because if you were the only person alive, I believe Jesus would have come and died for you anyway. Thank you so much for helping me out with that. I appreciate it. There is nothing, thank you. There's nothing that we could have held up that would have been more beautiful than what we just did. I know we're all in middle school and I saw some of you snickering and stuff because you're like, oh, that's my friend up there or my brother or sister. Or whatever. I get it. I get it. But it could it just as easily been you up here? Maybe you would have been embarrassed to be up here. Maybe you were up here and you were embarrassed to be up here. I don't know. Because you might not be able to bring yourself to think that you're valuable, that God sees beauty in you, that God is proud of what he did. He designed you. He's got the blueprints to your soul. He's got the roadmap map to your life, where it's supposed to go. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for you to do. He had a plan for you before you were even born. It wasn't just for you to look like you look like and be like, oh, that's it. That's, Nate's going to have a big gap in his teeth right here and it's going to make him unique. Because it does make me unique. I used to hate it, but now I don't have to floss. <laughs> that's all I have to do. It's part of how God designed me. But regardless, it wasn't just designing me to be some six-foot-seven guy with a gap in his teeth. It was so that I could do some things that he prepared in advance for me to do. My son back there was Luke. If you saw pictures of me at his age, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, those are just pictures of Luke taken on a really old camera. No, they're pictures of me. I wish I should have brought some pictures because he looks, looks a lot like me. He's got different color eyes because he's got his mama's eyes. Same color, anyway. My daughter looks a lot like my wife when she was her age, but she's got my eyes, the same color eyes as I do. We look a little bit like our parents, and when you look up at uh, the people that I brought up here, you see a little bit of what our father looks like, God the Father. We look a little bit like our dad, and that's on purpose because we're made in his image. And he's got some cool things designed for you to do. My hope for you is that you don't let those things pass you by. If you're a believer, don't stop there. If you gave your life to Christ last night, we prayed over you up here, don't stop there. He has things for you to do. He prepared for you to do in advance. How many of us are going to leave those things that he had prepared for us? If we got to heaven one day and there was this list of stuff, and you're like, what is all this? You're like, yeah, this is all the stuff you did that I had prepared for you to do. And you're like, whoa, what's this thick book? That's all the stuff I had prepared for you to do that you never took advantage of. You don't want to see something like that. And that's not to guilt you into doing good things, but to allow you to realize that the relationship you have with Jesus is a partnership that he walks with you through the rest of your life and he's got some cool things for you to do. He's got some people for you to love on. He's got some people for you to maybe just save their life with your smile, with your kindness, and with the fact that you know where they can find healing for their sin. Maybe you've not made that decision yet this week. I'd encourage you to grab one of your counselors or me if you see me walking around. Or one of the directors and say, you know what, I I've been thinking about it. Maybe I'm kicking myself because I didn't do it yesterday. But I, I would like to. I would like to accept Jesus Christ. I'd like to be part of his art gallery. I'd like to be adopted into his family, however you want to phrase it. God used so many terms of intimacy to show us who he is. He called us adopted because the relationship between Parents and kids is clo- are close. He called us the bride of Christ. Like, everyone who's married to him, he's like, not married to him, but everybody who's accepted him is like his bride. He's like, you'll be my bride, like, collectively, my bride, all right? Because that's a close, intimate relationship on this earth. He said, you'll be my friends. And no one has love like this than a man lay his life down for his friends because friends are an intimate relationship. Or maybe you're just kind of like, for the self-absorbed people who think, yeah, I, It all ends with this. I just love myself, right? He's like, you're like my own body. The body of Christ is what he calls the church. So that we could get that. That we spend more time fixing it. You probably didn't spend as much time brushing your friend's hair this morning and your friend's teeth as you did your own. Because we take care of ourselves. And we pick out our clothes. And maybe, maybe this is the first week you haven't picked out your, that you had to pick out your clothes all summer because your mom did the rest of the day. I don't care. I don't want to know. But, We take care of ourselves. And he's like, yeah, you're just like, you're like that. You're like my own body. He uses all of these terms to show us how much he thinks about us. It's all just saying I love you. That's it. They're the hardest words to say in the human language to to another person because it's a vulnerable, vulnerable place to be. Jesus said it with arms stretched wide. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for each and every person here. Lord for those who have not made a decision to follow you God I pray that they would leave this week knowing that they are deeply loved by you not just loved not just like because you you just saw them and decided oh yeah they're worth something no you designed them and you've got things prepared for them Lord for those who know Jesus in this room, whether they just came to know you this week or they've known you for a long time, God, I pray that we wouldn't be complacent, we wouldn't stay stagnant, that we'd keep moving forward in you, that we'd be like coffee grounds, changing the environment around us. We'd be like that rag that wasn't content to just be cleaned. We have to see other people find out how they can be clean too. That ultimately, when people look at us, that they wouldn't just see the physical image of God, but they would see us live out things that you would do for other people, that they would see that spiritual image of God too, that they would be pointed to Jesus as a result of the way we live, that we would live out our lives like the masterpieces that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode.